Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It's me, your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, if you're on Twitter. Back again with another episode of the IDP Army podcast. I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Fantasy G.I. Joe, Joe Herboth. You probably don't know him, but you should get to know him. He's a a real American hero, this G.I. Joe. Joe, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Just, you know, saving the world one uh, fantasy rookie pick at a time this week. Just doing the Lord's work. What a guy. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, tonight we are going to break down some of our favorite defensive landing spots for some guys, defensive risers and fallers. That'll be some rookies. That'll be some guys that are incumbents, vets. And we'll just say, you know, who took a hit, who's looking good. And if y'all have any questions or anything like that, you know, we're going to keep it kind of chill tonight. So hit us with those questions. If you have rookie drafts going on, you need IDP help, hit us with those. We've done, we completed two rookie drafts today, didn't we? Or is it just the one we finished? Yeah, we finished one today, but we got one kind of stalling out in the third right now, but it'll pick up soon. Yeah. So, and these are all mixed IDP and offense. So we can help you guys with values or just give you reference points if you're looking for that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so the NFL draft's over. I guess we can talk quickly about that. How how was your draft weekend? What'd you think about it all? Well, I worked this weekend, but uh, from uh, the little I did get to watch and and doing a little bit of research on Sunday, uh, I think overall the AFC killed it. Um, The NFC 
not so much. There were a lot of teams in the NFC that I did not like what they did. Um, most notably, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, there were Green Bay Packers. There were plenty of teams that I thought in the NFC um, did not really fill the holes that they needed. But the AFC, yeah. man, they, they got a lot of up-and-comers. They, they had a hell of a draft, I think. And I'm pretty excited to see how that uh, a lot of the uh, divisions there unfold, specifically the AFC North. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, the Rams are not notorious for being good drafters or the Seahawks in recent years. So it's kind of par for the course for them. Uh, the Niners, I mean, Niners fans are always kind of just generally upset type of people. But yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. I uh, I was kind of surprised we had as many defensive players come off the board as we did early. You know, it wasn't really early. It didn't feel like a very robust defensive class. But I mean, we still had, I think, what was a 12, 13 defenders come off in the first round. So that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, the, well, the needs were there. You know, it kind of just comes down to, you know, you may have to reach a little bit to get the player that you need the most. So I think that's kind of what we saw this year. Yeah, yeah. Jamon Davis looks like a, a good IDP prospect. Rear one, Zayvon Collins looks good. Obviously, Micah Parsons, all those guys. So um, talking about that, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, I guess. Let's talk about some of our biggest risers and fallers. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off with your biggest riser? Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, I'll just go ahead and start with uh, someone that was chosen in the first round of this year's draft, and he was chosen by the Tennessee Titans, Caleb Farley, uh, corner out of Virginia Tech. They selected him 22 overall, which could end up being a pretty good steal um, that late if he can stay on the field. He had some injury concerns. He tore his ACL in 2017 and had back surgery again in 2019. But when he was on the field, he was one of the top corners in the nation. So they a lot of teams, you know, I think pass up on him just off of this, uh, you know, injury concern. Um, but he earned a 90.5 coverage last season um, in college, which is a hell of a season. And I think he's got the talent to be a, a corner that could have been the first corner off the board if, if Denver so choose, but um, they, they want another route. Um, but I think he's falling into a pretty damn good spot. If you look at the Tennessee Titans last six years in IDP, they've got, I'll just read them off, 2020, Malcolm Butler, top five. 2019, Logan Ryan, top five. 2018, Malcolm Butler, top 25, so it kind of slipped there. And then 2017, 16, and 15, they had three players, one in each season, top 15, with Adoree Jackson in 2017, Janoris Jenkins in 2016, and 15. So Malcolm Butler's gone this year. He went to Arizona, which I think was a pretty good pickup for them. Um, but he's going to fold right into that. And I think from what I've seen just in the last two days on on rookie picks in Dynasty, you can get this guy fourth round or later in, in, every, in the two I've seen. And, and I've been talking to people, and most guys aren't even considering this guy to be even be a pick um, in rookie drafts. So I think if, if your team needs it, um, this could be a steal in this year's rookie draft. And – Someone that he, I mean, like I said, the last six seasons, they haven't had a guy finish one. They've had one guy finish in the top 25 every year. So that's a, that's a starting defensive back in IDP formats. So, and to get him in a fourth or fifth round pick, you're for the most part, everyone loves to take those flyers on offensive players late, but really this is to me, this is an easy pick in the every draft that I'm in. 
Nice. That's definitely some awesome points. Yeah, that that the Titans cornerback spot there has been very productive. We've seen that. We've seen some consistency with that. And they did spend up the draft capital on him to get him. So he could be, like you said, a plug and play guy. And if you can get, you know, 25 top 25 defensive back numbers. And if you are playing in a cornerback specific league, like on MFL um, or RSO, and to get a guy like that, he's going to be even higher in a cornerback-specific type of league. So, yeah, he's a guy that I'm glad you brought up. I hope uh, the listeners take note. And if you guys are in cornerback-specific leagues, he's a guy, you heard it from Joe, he's worth a snag late in your draft. So my biggest riser, or my first biggest riser uh, post-draft is Logan Wilson for the uh, the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's 24 years old. He's a little older than some guys you would like. But last year, he was the first pick in the third round for the Bengals. He only played 343 defensive snaps this year, but he had a really impressive 10 impact plays, which if you uh, are in the IDP Army, if you're in the IDP Index or you read my article about impact plays, you know that getting a, a high number of impact plays is really the difference maker between just a starting defensive player, an IDP player, and a, a weak winning uh, IDP defensive player and guys that can make impact plays. And to play that those few snaps and get 10 impact plays is really – something he only had 33 tackles but that's kind of par for the course for a, a kind of a steady tackle rate for a guy like him um it was really interesting passer rating allowed he was really good in coverage whenever he was targeted uh the quarterback uh passer rating was 66.4 that's extremely low only missed two tackles and the, the Bengals spent no draft capital at the linebacker position early in this draft i don't even think they got anybody so he's in a situation right now where he was taken last year, he got playing time as the year went on. He flashed. He had like three interceptions. Again, this was all on like th- less than 350 uh, snaps, and he just crushed it. So he's a guy that I think is a huge winner coming out of the draft. Uh, a couple of just random funny stats about him, but he had more sacks last year, that, or as many sacks last year as Clavon Chason, who was an edge rusher. He had more tackles for loss last year than Clavon Chason, who's an edge rusher. And he played 200 less snaps than him. So we're talking about an off-ball linebacker who was making behind the impact, behind the line of scrimmage impact plays at a higher rate and a higher clip than a defender that went. Wasn't Chase on a first-round pick? Yeah. Yes, and then he, he got the snaps last year. He got like 500-something snaps. He did diddly squat with them. So we're talking about an off-ball linebacker that has almost no, comp- no uh, competition now. Uh, on a team that could struggle, you know, they could let, you know, we, we don't know what this, if this defense is going to pull itself together per se. They've got some pieces, but he's a player that I'm super interested in, and he's definitely a huge winner post-draft. Um, I, I think Mike Clay right now has like Josh Bynes or Jermaine Pratt, Pratt leading the, their linebacker group this year, but I, I don't buy that noise. Jermaine Pratt's about as bread and butter boring as they come, so uh, Logan Wilson should be the guy you guys should be looking at for the uh, the Bengals. No, I, I, com- I completely agree with you there. I actually have a team where I I'm the manager of both Wilson and Pratt, and you're right. Jermaine Pratt's just a, a, a boring linebacker to watch and, and just, you know, start in your lineup. Logan Wilson, I think I, – I can't imagine a world where he doesn't develop more this year and become really a prominent role in Cincinnati's defense, especially in a year where they did not spend, like you said, any draft capital on linebacker. They went edge rushers early or you know, middle round, and um, I really like him. and. And, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a heck of a, a linebacker there for a few years or maybe longer. So, yeah, I think that was a great pick. Yeah. And, again, it really just comes down to the fact that, you know, he made the plays when he was on the field. 
uh, and they didn't spend, like I said, any real meaningful capital on the position. So he should go out there as a starter. I mean, this is pontificating, but I mean, it's all, it looks like wheels are up to me. So I am in on Logan Wilson. I've had him stashed on a lot of taxi squads coming into last year. I drafted him hoping he would get on the field sooner. He didn't, but like I said, this year things are, are looking good for him. So he is my uh, top riser post draft. So you uh, got another one for us? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll move over to the uh, another team in the AFC North. I'm going to move to the Cleveland Browns. And really my main, you know, what I want to talk about with them is just overall their overhaul on defense this year, whether it be in the draft or free agency. Um they they drafted um that linebacker um what was his name? Adding Koromoa, I believe. Oh yeah, pronounce uh, that uh... name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to come in and, and be a, a instant starter for that team and strengthen that linebacker core. And that's really was one of their weaknesses. But they also this offseason, they added John Johnson, who we all know in the IDP world is a starter, you know, for fantasy football in the defensive back position. And he's joining Grant Delpit, who is expected to be fully recovered this year. It's very promising player um, from his you know Achilles injury. And then they, you know, pair him with first rounder Greg Newsom who has already proven stud, and Denzel Ward, too. Um, so I think this team can really be a fountain for fantasy football and IDP world. Um, and as you mentioned, too, in a previous show, they brought in Jadavion Clowney, and he could he could really post up a year that we haven't seen him do in, in five or six years. So I, I like what they're doing in Cleveland. And uh, I, all, with this overhaul, I think that they're my choice to win the AFC North. Uh, and this will be the first time that they've been able to, if they do that, it'll be the first time since the league reassigned the divisions and since 2002. So it's it's a rare time to be excited in Cleveland, especially on the defensive side. And um, I think all those guys that I just listed are valuable assets that you can get in the IDP world at a relatively cheap price. Yeah. Miles Garrett being the one guy you probably can't get for a cheap price, but Clowney is going to be reasonable this year. Oh, yeah. um, Which has taken a couple of down years to get there. Um, Anthony Walker. Down year, too. John Johnson's going to be dirt cheap. Ronnie Harrison's going to be dirt cheap. You know, Um, yeah. I don't know who their middle guys are anymore, though. They had Sheldon Richardson and, yeah, exactly. They had Sheldon Richardson and, uh, um, Larry Ogunjobi, who is now at the Bengals, and they were both really good for interior defensive linemen for IDP. But, yeah, I guess since those guys are gone, it's just going to be all edge and all the back end. So there should be plenty, like you said, plenty of of IDP points to go around. Um, Yeah, and and Koromoa, from uh, what I'm seeing and in projections and just drafts that I've been in so far, um, he he is going a little higher than I expected. He's kind of, you know, middle third, back of the third, you know, one that he was early third. So, you can kind of look for him there, and um, if you can get him a little later, that'd be great. Um, and I, I see him getting the opportunities immediately out the gate, and that's what it's all about. Um, so hopefully he can develop into somebody, and I'm pretty excited to see uh, the Cleveland Browns play in general, not just on offense for a change, but on defense now. Yeah, get some defense going out there. Um, all right, well, my next guy, my next riser post-draft is Jerome Baker, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. This is another situation where a team had tons of draft capital 
and they chose not to address the linebacker position. And we saw him get used in a variety of ways last year. He did rush the passer a lot. He did get home with quite a few sacks. We do know that he has, I believe he has first round uh, pedigree. And we, you know, we've seen him get the tackles too. He was the linebacker one last year, week one. Um, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I, I do because he kind of came out of nowhere. But this year he posted 19 impact plays. That's a career high. Um, you know, there, there's definitely something going on here. And I think it was kind of surprising to people that he did put up such a good year this year because the, the narrative after his rookie year was he just wasn't really that good. But Brian Flores seems to have confidence in what he's got going on there with Jerome Baker. Because, like I said, he did not choose to address that position. They got rid of Kiko Alonso, like, right after he came in. So, for whatever reason, he likes Jerome Baker and what he can bring to the field. So, when they didn't address it, or that position, really, they, I think they did uh, – they, they brought in Bernardrick McKinney, I believe. Uh, and that may have been the only off-season move they made. But that's really more of, of a depth thing than anything. Uh, you know, he had seven sacks this year. I almost can't even believe that. Seven sacks, seven tackles for a loss. He had 70 solo tackles, uh, Jerome Baker did. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the arrow's pointing up for him because of the way Miami chose to go about this draft. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to have seven sacks again, but he always does have one or two. Um He's 11 and a half through three years. So I don't think it's out of their own possibility to see him put up, you know, 120 to 130 tackles, three or four sacks, you know, five or six tackles for loss. He always has a few passes defended. So, and, and, and he's been a reliable player for the Miami since they drafted him. So I think that they are just going to keep rolling him out there. And I think fantasy managers are going to be able to get him at a suppressed value. Uh, because he doesn't check all the boxes that a lot of the uh, talking heads about, you know, defenders really checks, you know. But like I said, he's getting he he checks the boxes we want for IDP. He's on the field. He gets high leverage snaps because he gets to blitz and he doesn't really have anyone breathing down his neck. So I think he was a big riser post draft. Yeah, I agree with you. And like you, you mentioned, the oh, big thing is that they did not try to address the position. You know, they went edge rusher in the, in the first round. And as well as that, they went safety in the second. So yeah, he's he's he, they have confidence in him. So that that's enough to instill some confidence in me. Yep. Amen. All right. Well, I want to talk about next um, a guy that everyone's gonna know, um, DeForest Buckner. He's a he's a top ten you know talent every year you know, and and he he. But every year, I feel like there's more to be had with him. And this year, the, the Indianapolis Colts drafted two edge rushers back to back that, you know, excited me. Um, they went with ODM, Odimbo. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And, and uh, Quiddy Pay, who we all know, you know, he was a pretty high sought after uh, player. And I think both of these guys have the physical gifts to be disruptive in the NFL and pretty quickly. And with these two now on the edges, assuming that they're both going to start, I think that they can open up a lane for DeForest Buckner to, to not always just be the focal point of the offensive tackles of the line to just stop. You know, I think that they can provide some space for him to be more disruptive and he's already disruptive without them. Um, so I think this year they can open up for him to, you know, possibly get a career high in sacks. You know, last year he had nine and a half, which is a respectable number for sure. Um, but I think uh, over the last three years, he has 29 sacks. I think this year he can get a career high in, in sacks. And he's already a defensive lineman, especially on the interior, that has a pretty high tackle floor. 
So, you know, that's there's something to be excited about about this guy already. We all know him. He, he's a star. And I think that he can put up the best year we've seen him have in 2021. Yeah, I mean, he, like you said, he was a top five guy this last season. He did have a down year on impact plays, but the thing you love about him, like you said, is the tackle floor. He has an elite tackle floor. He basically puts up 60 a year. Uh, and if anyone, you know, you know if you play IDP, and if you don't, there's something to take note of. But uh, tackles are a little harder to come by for defensive linemen than they are for your your primary players, like your linebackers, like your safeties. So to get a guy that's an edge rusher or an interior defensive lineman that can push past 45 is kind of what I call good. If you can get past 50, though, 55, you're talking that's an elite tackle floor for the position. There's only a handful of guys that can do that. Daniel Hunter does it. Uh, uh, DeForest Buckner does it. Joey Bosa does it. Um, um, who's the other? There's uh, Sam Hubbard does it. And uh, uh, Harold Landry. He gets a lot of they have one of the highest tackle floors for anybody that plays the DL position or interior position. If you go look at those guys' numbers and then look at other guys you think of as premier edge rushers, go look at Demarcus Lawrence, go look at Khalil Mack, go look at Aaron Donald, you'll notice that their tackle numbers are significantly lower. Khalil Mack is actually really interesting because if you look at Khalil Mack when he played for the Raiders, he was like a 70 and 12 guy, 70 tackles, 12 sacks. That was like elite, elite, elite. Since going to the Bears, he's barely pushed over 50 sacks or 50 tackles a season. He hovers around that 45 area, and that's really hurt his fantasy value since he's left, and that's because he's playing a more of a 3-4 position, which is, I don't want to get in the weeds on that, but he he just doesn't tackle as much as he used to, um, and that's just not a big part of what you can count on from him anymore, so you really got to look at that. So if you can get a guy like DeForest Buckner, who's going to have a solid floor every week, uh, you know, five, six points, and then he's got that boom potential on top of that, that's what you really want uh, at all your positions, really, and that's why you're looking for impact players. Um yeah, I mean, as you can see here, he only had six points less than Aaron Donald, it looks like, this year. Uh, Leonard Williams had, a, you know, all these guys had great seasons. But you can see the guys, a lot of these guys have high tackle floors. Um, uh, DeForest Buckner, high tackle floor. Montez Sweat pushed up past 50 this year. Harold Landry pushed up. Uh, J.J. Watt, he has had some good seasons. It was a little lower this year. Brian Burns, I believe, had 55. So that's kind of the number that you're looking for for tackles. And DeForest Buckner definitely uh, a nail set. So I love that pick. And if you can get a little more boom from him, like you said, with more edge rushers there, I mean, you could look at a DL one season, like DL overall one. So yep. that'd be big. You're all right. Well, my next guy or guys that are risers or fallers, I will tell you all in a second, because we are going to play a little advertisement, pay some bills. You already know what it is. So sit back and enjoy the ride. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly, so you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your Dynasty League at any given moment. So 
what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. We're back. Bang, bang. Y'all go sign up for real. We've had a, quite a, an influx past couple of days of people getting in there, getting a lot of good feedback. I've added several new players. Um, there's a couple of guys at the bottom of the queue right now. Darnell Savage is about to be put in there. So, yeah, I've had a it's just been really fun to get that out there to people and start interacting with people around, you know, those tier rankings and and those production profiles and the conversations are sparking up. And, you know, it's been updated today. It was updated yesterday. There's always something going on. You guys are moving up and down. Their values are going up or down. I mean, I've indexed uh, 15 rookies into the primary overall set. Uh, before the draft, I had 20 rookies on the other side. That was just a rookie dra- uh, rookie ranking. So they're already going in there. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret. Nobody's in the top two tiers right now. I do believe we had somebody sneak into the third tier, though, of the overall. And I think there's over 150 players in their index right now. So definitely get over there, y'all. It's the best IDP resource that exists, like I said. So um let's and i'm I'm using it right now so i mean like i I use it all the time like it's it's not like just something i created just to play like you know it's not a joke like it's well it's the perfect time of year too to use use this product because everyone's dynasty rookie drafts are kicking off right now and there are a lot of people that they kind of just go off of that adp on that draft you know when you're in the draft Mm -hmm. or go off of what they see on you know espn and just the 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 popular picks but there's a a lot of good stuff out there that uh you know People are would yeah. be smart was, to utilize. Yeah, I was talking to some of the guys yesterday doing some, you know, trying to get us working with our sponsors, uh, Monkey Knife Fight, which if you guys look at that code. And I was talking to the rep there, Zach, um, and he was telling me he's in an IDP draft. So I hit him. I said, hey, check out the index. And he hopped in there and he's like, dude, this is incredible. And he messaged me today on Sleeper. He's like, I've been using this all day. He's like, for all my drafts. I'm like, hey, man. I was like, this is this is what's up. I'm telling you, tell all your buddies. I was like, get everybody in there. He's like, man, this, this is this is awesome. He's like, why do you have Tyron Matthews so low? And I was like, can't let the fandom get away. There's a reason, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Dig yeah. a little deeper. It's there. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about uh, the, let's finish off these risers. My last guys are pretty simple. It's Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, again, like these other guys, there's nobody has come in to take this job away from them. Alex Singleton just had an incredible season um, coming off the bench. Same thing with Eric Wilson. Both these guys were in contention for the waiver wire pickup of the year last year. And now they're both on the same team that looks like it could be a shit show. I don't, I don't buy, I don't why we do this every year where we try to make Philly some sort of great organization. That's going to come through it all on the other side. That's just not what's going to happen. Okay. It's going to, yeah, every year, like clockwork. No, they're going to be a dumpster fire and Logan will, or, and Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton are going to get a fuck ton of snaps and they're going to be put in shitty situations all the time. And they're just going to score, 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 score. So, and Josh Sweat, that's my other guy on this list. So it's basically all the Philadelphia Eagles linemen and linebackers because they're just never going to leave the field. So they're all huge winners. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to go into it too much more than that. <laughs> no, you're not wrong though. They, they, you know, the hype around the Eagles every year, it's like, come on, man. How many times do we have to be burned with this? Let's move on. Let's, yeah. But get their, get you know, for IDP, get their defenders. But my God, it's you know, time to move on from some of them offensive players, you know, outside of, 
Jalen Hurts and maybe Miles Sanders at the right price. I don't want anything um, to do with any of them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably not a bad idea. Uh, you right, saw that think? trade. I, I got rid of Dallas Goddard, and I came I up did. on that trade too. Ooh, well, boy, I, I felt I good. I I saw you get rid of uh, – Miles Sanders. Too. I got rid of Miles Sanders this yesterday a, too. <laughs> a pretty good pack deal, and got, uh, I don't remember everything, but one piece who I'm not high on either. But you got James Robinson, and it's like okay, in a world where James Robinson really is just what you know they're, they're talking about him being, he's probably not going to finish, but you know, 10, 15 spots away from Miles Sanders, anyways. You know, and yeah. in reality, points per game that's like what three, four points per game big deal i mean you gained a first round <laughs> pick out of it which i don't who yeah. you even turn that into uh justin fields i felt good it felt good i mean felt but now good. if you if you were to complete that draft and show the the fantasy manager that sent that to you would he trade you justin fields james robinson a couple other players for, for Ju- miles sanders no he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't well he but might people, well he might but most people would not <laughs> And, yeah, I know. you know, that's something that I feel like, you know, we people, you know, try to take advantage of, you know, not assigning a name to the pick yet. Um, it's a lot easier to you know get these picks before beforehand, you know. So yeah. I think oh, that yeah. was a great move by you. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, I don't good. want to toot your horn too much, you know. <sighs> I'm in the trenches yeah. for real. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to my next um, riser. And uh, so this year, the Detroit Lions, you know. We saw what happened with them in the first round. They got a steal on their offensive line, you know, with Penny Sanul. But that's that's for another story. Um, but in the second and the third, they went back-to-back with interior linemen, which is not a sexy pick for a, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of fans. But these guys, I, I don't I don't foresee them being those DeForest Buckner, you know, Miles Garrett. I don't think they're, they're anything for them. But what they're going to do, they're going to, Make NFL teams not just run the clock out on this team by running the ball 25 times a game. I mean, last season, they averaged uh, opposing offenses average 135 yards per game on the ground against the Detroit Lions. 135. Damn. That's bottom five in the league. Um, and, and that's just a number that they knew they had to address from ground zero. I mean, obviously, Sewell, you know, you know, was for the offense. But these two, they went back to back with them in the second and the third. And I think those are great choices. Now, what that does, though, for them is that produces, you know, that forces the other team to have to pass the ball. And, you know, Romeo Aquara is on the Detroit Lions. And I know we've I've talked about him in the past, but this is, is another thing that goes well for him. He's a pure pass rusher, doesn't drop back in coverage too often. But being a pass rusher, you need the quarterback to drop back as much as possible to get home, to get that quarterback, to get that tackle for loss, to get that sack, force fumble. And so being the edge rusher that he is, that got home 10 times last season, and he's constantly disruptive in that off or against the opposing offense. I look for there to be a substantial increase of opportunities for him to get because hopefully the opposing team is passing more against the lines. I mean, they're still a pretty weak defense, but filling that hole in the center, you know, of that interior line, I think is going to bode well for his pass rush opportunities. And he already finished top 15 in 2020. So I'm a huge, huge supporter of Quar. And I think that his, uh, you know, end of season, I think we're going to see this guy possibly break inside the top 10 this year. And I mean, in most leagues I'm seeing, he's a, he's a, got that defensive line at designation. So 
um, it's it's a huge steal, you know, to to try to get him now before before all this produces, you know, out on the field and gives us actual numbers. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like I like those picks. Uh, I like these team picks. I really like that. That's kind of how you have gone. Um, all right, that's all. I don't have any more risers. Do you? No, no, that's it for me. I mean, right. now so. Uh, there was, you know, I went DeForest Buckner earlier, but I easily could have went with either of those edge rushers, especially Quiddy Pay. Um, but I, I went with Buckner there, so I, I do like what a lot. And and you'll notice all these are AFC teams. I mean, the AFC I think killed this draft, especially on the IDP side. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Uh, all right, let's talk about some fallers. All right. This one's kind of tough for me because it's not. This is a team approach, um, but my first fallers are kind of just the Arizona linebackers because we're adding more first round talent to a team that had a first round talent, supposedly a generational linebacker talent who couldn't get on the field last year. Um, so they play him. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm just going to pull up his metrics right here. I'm talking about Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, this dude gets on the field for 376 snaps as a top 10 pick, top 12 pick, whatever it was last year. That's not right. Um, that doesn't feel like a, a confident pick, a pick that you made the right way. So they turn right back around and they go get another linebacker in the top 15. Or were they pick 15 or 16? They were 15, 16, right? I think he came off the board 14. I can look right now. Regardless, it doesn't matter. He came off the board 16. Okay, so you have two top 16 first-round linebackers the past two years. You're adding them to a team that has Jordan Hicks, who was not last year 2020, but 2019, who was the number one overall linebacker in fantasy. Okay, so we have a guy there who has shown he can be a, a, a supreme alpha in a league that has guys like Devin White, Roquan Smith, Devin Bush, Blake Martinez, Jalen Smith. We've seen this guy on Arizona be number one. And then you go and add a first-round linebacker last year, Simmons. Don't know what you're doing with him. Then you go add Zayvon Collins, one of the most, again, kind of a versatile guy that can play off-ball, play edge, play, you know, play coverage. That's the same That's the same exact player that, Zayvon, or that Isaiah Simmons is, supposedly. So now you have two of these guys in the mix. I don't know what's going to happen here. You know what I mean? And, and I have concerns because – they didn't know what to do with Hassan Reddick either, you know, until last year. And that he only started playing edge because Chandler Jones got hurt. Like, literally, you can go look at his snap share and, like, where he was playing last year. He was not playing the edge until Chandler Jones was gone. So he might not have even been out there on the field and gotten the opportunity he got if that hadn't happened because Arizona doesn't know what to do with their linebackers. So they go and draft another linebacker. I don't want anything to do with any of these guys this year now one of them's going to pop two of them may pop okay that that's fine at the cost that they're going to have right now associated with them like there are people in the idp space that have simmons as a top 10 idp asset this year like if people are selling that kind of smoke that means someone out there or let's not call it smoke let's call it snake oil if somebody's selling that kind of snake oil that means somebody's buying it so somebody in your league Hopefully not you is viewing Isaiah Simmons as a top 10 IDP asset. We don't know that, you know, the upside is there. Yeah, but it's there for Jordan Hicks, too. And it's there for Zayvon Collins, too. And we know Buda Baker's going to get his. And we know that uh, uh, Chandler Jones will eventually get oh, his. Yeah. And then we don't add TJ Watt and, and we add JJ Watt to the mix. So I see assets that I 
I can project what's going to happen to on this team. And I see assets I can't. I don't want the assets that I, I don't feel comfortable projecting, uh, and especially not at cost. And the crazy thing is JJ Chandler are all going to be dirt are going to be dirt cheap. I mean, JJ was like a 15, 20 round pick last year. Nobody wanted JJ Watt. Chandler Jones is old now and he's coming off an injury. He's literally right now I'm in a draft, a rookie draft, and we can get vets. He's on our waiver wire. And I about shit my pants. I was like, damn, I might use a second round rookie pick to put Chandler Jones on my team because I know what I'm getting with Chandler Jones. Thank I mean, hopefully no one in uh in Furious 2020 is watching this right now because as soon as that draft is over, Chandler Jones will be on my team and he might before the draft is over straight up. So that's the world we're living in. So no, I'm, I, I'm calling the Arizona linebackers as fallers. Yeah. I, I think you're onto something there. Like, like you're saying, it's basically just mitigate the risk. I mean, there's too much risk. Like you said, one of them will probably pop from game to game, but you don't know who that's going to be right now. And you don't know if, if it's even going to be either one. Um, there's a lot of potential there, but they really, they really clouded anything that we could really put something behind on our projections on either one, be having both of them there. So yeah, it's it's a pretty scary situation to be a, a manager of either one of those two right now. Yeah, and it was like kind of fun when Isaiah Simmons had a DL tag, and like you thought you were going to hack the system, but that's not happening because they took it away. Yeah. So yeah. now you're not hacking the system. You're just a, you're just. You're just hoping you can hack it. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just hoping and praying. <laughs> yep. Uh, who you got for a big old faller? All right. Well, for me, I'm going to go back to the Tennessee Titans, who I had, you know, them as a riser earlier for the pick on Farley. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Rashawn Evans. Um, this is a guy that has had a high tackle floor in the past, um, but the Tennessee Titans informed him just yesterday that they would not be picking up his fifth year option. Um, and this comes on the heels of the NFL draft and when they drafted Monty Rice out of Georgia in the third round. So, you know, if you were to ask me, it looks like they're already, you know, looking to come season, you know, especially midseason, they might be looking to already, you know, implement Rice into the offense a little more than you would think. Now, I'm not defense. saying that Evans – or defense, yeah. Now, I'm not saying Evans is going to lose his starting role. I'm, I'm not saying that. But realistically, as the season progresses, I, I do believe that we could see – those opportunities, of, you know, of snap count of him on the field uh, dwindle, um, which is a huge deal for Evans because his tackles are his saving grace. I mean, his tackles is what keeps him relevant in the IDP world. Um, if you look at his impact plays throughout his career, they're almost non-existent. You know, 2028, 2019 was 14, which is a, a pretty pretty decent year. You had a few uh, this last year. Eight, yeah. That's it. Oh yes. man, I, yeah. Bleaker um, than I thought. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, through three years, he's got 25 total, you know, and almost full three seasons. He's only missed one game, you know, in his three seasons. Um, you know, so the last two seasons tackles, he's got 96 and 111 tackles, which that's great. You know, that's what you want. But when you're not doing anything else, hardly, you know, what happens when that snap count goes down? His production goes down because he's not making up for lost snaps by getting behind the line, getting those tackle for losses, getting those sacks, getting, you know, and, and doing those things that really change the defense. He's not doing those. He's not disruptive. Um, so I think that with, you know, them bringing him in and them already telling him, you know, hey, you, we're not we're not bringing you back next year. Um, I think this is the time to, to try to try move on from him if you have him. I mean, he he has posted some decent numbers last couple of years, but I, I'm not a buyer now on him. I think it's time to to move on. And now there is a world where, Maybe they can, you know, he can land somewhere next year and 
you know, produce these numbers again, but I don't see him ever topping what he's already done. Um, he's just not that disruptive. And I don't look at him as an impact player. And, and he's not someone who I don't think is going to completely ever flip the script on a game, on a team um, to, to, to be that appealing to have to start, you know, week in, week out. No, that's, that's fair. I mean, that's, that was hard. That was tough to hear because I've been a big Rashawn Evans guy. He was one of my guys last year. Um, he did have the 14 impact plays a year before that, but like you said, eight this year, I mean, that's kind of shameful. Uh, five of them, not shameful. I mean, that's, I'm sure it's a tough job, uh, but five of them, which I find interesting were past deflections, which he'd only had one before that this year. And that was always people's kind of knock on him was that he was like so bad in coverage. Uh, but I mean, he allowed a, a quarterback rating of 87, you know, when targeted, that's not bad. I mean, that's, that's no. pretty good. So I think he's a little bit underrated, but like you said, he does leave a lot to be desired, which unfortunately is how a lot of just the Titans defense is in general. Well, and you look at him, you know, as a fantasy manager yourself, I mean, you know, you have him rostered, but if you look back, I mean, he's never finished as a, as a linebacker too. I mean, he's here's the thing best. with him though is you play him every, you can play him every week and you feel confident playing him every week. I like floor. Exactly. Like he's the ultimate. Cause like you said, like he's never going to pop, but he's never really going to not show up either. And that's, that's kind of how I always remember him on my teams that I have him on. Cause I almost never bench him because I'm like, well, I know Rashawn Evans is going to do enough, you know, but with them drafting, you know, Rice in the third round, how confident are you that they're, I mean, the Titans have to see this as well. They got to say, hey, yeah, we got a guy here that, sure, he's making those tackles after the guy crosses the chains. He's making those tackles, you know, six yards downfield, you know, for the running back. But he's not doing anything for that defense, in my opinion, to, to conflict the script during the game. You know, he's not no, you're making right. a game-changing play. Hardly you're ever, right. like, like you said, eight impact plays in a full season. Um, which is is not necessarily good. Um, the fourteen I think that he had in twenty nineteen is 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 fair, but with with if, if well, it's tackle... crazy. The crazy thing about that is he had nine tackles for loss in twenty nineteen, zero pass deflections. Twenty twenty, he only had one tackle for loss. But he has five pass deflections. So he like he it looks like he has the skill set. You know, what I mean, he can get behind the line of scrimmage and he can cover. But he hasn't been able to pull it all together in the same season. So, I, yeah, I don't know. He he just, like you said, if he can pull it all together, I think he could get up there. But it, it might be time to unload him. Well, yeah, and, 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 and like I was saying, I mean, yeah, that, that floor is nice. But if that snap count does drop at all, I, I don't see him being able to make those impact plays to make up for the, the, the tackle opportunity that he's going to lose. So yeah. I, I'm definitely – I'm out on him and – uh it, it, you know, I, while he the, the getting's good with him, I, I would look to move on and see what you can get. Yep, fair. Um, my biggest, one of my biggest losers of the uh, fallers, not loser, fallers at post-draft was Willie Gay, uh, linebacker taken last year by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, didn't really get on the field much this year. Ended up getting hurt towards the end of the season. Did not play in the Super Bowl. Had to be put on IR. So with their uh, first pick in this year's draft, uh, since they traded their first round pick, they ended up taking Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Mizzou, Missouri, SEC linebacker. He's he's a great linebacker. Um, he's kind of just 
got forgotten about because people kind of knew about knew who he was, you know, a year or two ago because we knew he was going to be a great prospect. And I feel like there was some fatigue around him. Uh, but he, he's a playmaker, a uh, solid tackler. He's a little smaller than I think some people like, but he, he kind of reminds me of like Devin Bush um, in the way that he can just like cover quickly, hits hard. Uh, so they went and they addressed the linebacker position, which is one of the most, I mean, just sewn together group of guys that's ever been in the NFL the past three or four years is the the Chiefs linebackers. Um, I, could, I mean, there's just so many guys, just random ass dudes. I mean, Darren Lee, Reggie Ragland, um, Rashad Breland, or not Rashad Breland. Uh, I, I don't. They're just just guys you don't want. You don't really want to be your linebackers. Damian w- Wilson. Um, so they go and they they take Nick Bolton. So. That tells me a couple of things. It tells me, one, that they weren't exactly excited about what they think Willie Gay can really bring to the table this next year, um, and that they wanted to bolster that group, and they know that that's a big weakness. you know. And for as much as people like to say linebackers are replaceable, kind of like people like to say running backs are so replaceable, teams with bad linebackers have generally have pretty bad defenses, um, generally. Now, I mean, if you have elite guys everywhere else, like the Washington football team, you know, you can kind of get away with some things, but great defenses generally have a, a, a general um, who can get things done. Um, sometimes that's an edge guy, but more often than not, it seems to be these middle linebackers. Uh, so they when they got a guy, they think they can do that. You know, he's supposed to be a great locker room presence. He's supposed to be a leader of men and he plays the linebacker position, which is one of those positions, like I said, that can make us the heart and soul, can be the heart and soul of a defense. So I think that that hurts Willie Gay, and we already knew Willie Gay was not drafted to be a leader of a man or you know anything like that. We he was you know drafted because he's fast and he he can cover a lot of, of space, but he also had character concerns, I guess you would call it, because of just some some random stuff he got into. So they bring in Nick Bolton, maybe we get a little fire and ice, but for right now, I'm Willie Gay's arrow is uh, not is pointing down for me. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I like what they did, though. The the Chiefs, you know, we look at them and we're like, well, they, they you know, they didn't have their first round pick. You know, what are they going to do? Well, they addressed every issue they had to. I mean, and by giving up their first round pick, they also addressed their major concern, which is the whole line. So they're just the prime example of you don't have to have, you know, that early pick. You don't have to trade up all the time to, to get what you need. And, and they just showed the NFL really how to draft. I mean, Andy Reid did it again. Um, it's just, and it's impressive every year. It really is. Sometimes I, I kind of hate it, but they, 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 there's a lot of NFL teams out there that could take note on how to do that. And uh, the New Orleans Saints are one of them. They, yeah, they're you know, the worst team. They're so bad at drafting. There's I mean, nothing more predictable than a bad Saints draft. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, so and well, and the, and the thing that I give them, at least they they go for the position they need, but they just don't get the right guy. Yeah, they get like the they like the Raiders. <laughs> the Ra- they must have the same scouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I agree with you there. I think that uh, I, I would be a big uh, seller on on him. And uh, there's they're 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 not really a team that is really heavily sought after for IDP, anyways. Um, no, so. I mean Frank Clark is a huge piece turd. Chris Jones <laughs> has been a turd. Chris yeah. Jones, I'm sorry, I hate to say this. Chris Jones has been a shadow of a shadow of a shadow of himself the last two seasons. Oh, Just go look yeah, at dude. the stuff he did in 2019. And then since then, I don't even know if he's put up the numbers combined since then that he did that year. Like it's just not paid, pretty. Bro. It is and not then you pretty. Look at him, you look at him in the playoffs and he's back. 
You're like, well, where, where was this? I don't get it. It's, it's very, it's He odd. got paid, man. He got paid. He, he hey, ain't really you... that concerned. It happens should... everywhere in the NFL, man. We see it every year. And he's, breaks, he's a prime candidate. Breaks my little heart. All right. Well, uh, I only have one more follower. How many more do you have? I got one left. Yep. All right, so um, we're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll get these last two followers in, and we will answer any questions for anybody who's here hanging out in the chat last couple of minutes, and then we will get out of here. So be right back. What's up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. If you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight yet, you're definitely going to do that. Let me tell you what they have to offer, all right? Monkey Knife Fight is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play. The users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than the contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports. You guys should, too. Get started today with a 100% instant match bonus up to $50 if you use the promo code IDP Army. That's only for the first time or new depositors only, but hopefully you guys are getting in there, winning some money, having a good time, and make sure whenever you guys get in there, and if you do win a little bit of money, you know, which is what we want you to do, take those winnings, go sign up at the Patreon, patreon.com. That'll get you into the IDP Army Patreon, where you can check out the Ultimate IDP Index, the Discord channel, and all that other good stuff. So, IDP Army, you know what to do. Back to the show. All right, we're back. Go that 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 that, that, that promo bonus is actually up to a hundred bucks now. So if you put in a hundred bucks, they'll match up to a uh, hundred bucks. So that the commercial said fifty. I actually just talked to the guys yesterday. If you put that in there and you go win one of these contests where you can triple up. I mean, literally, you could make like $600 off of 100 bucks. So I don't know why anybody's not using the IDP Army code and going to Monkey Knife Fight doing this shit. They got golf. They got UFC. They got basketball. They got baseball. And the games they have on there are super fun and super easy. So go make some money. And then when you do sign up for the Patreon, like I said, so that Joe and I can feed our families. So we would super appreciate it. Free money. No reason. Yeah, free money. Who doesn't love free money? I mean, show me someone who doesn't love free money and I'll show you a fucking liar. Yep. So, <laughs> all right. Well, my last follower is LVE from the Dallas Cowboys. It's pretty simple. Okay. He came in the league, set it on fire on the back of like a zillion tackles. Okay. Great. The reality is he's not an impact player. Okay. He has a very low number of impact plays in his career. In his entire career, he has exactly. 20 impact plays guys that's not good okay just for for context uh let's just pick a random linebacker from last year joe schober had 19 last year okay late van Resch has that in three years and he's played two full seasons in like a half of another one okay like he's just a tackler and that's what the dallas cowboys know now so they drafted micah parsons and he's not gonna fucking be playing I'm don't I mean this isn't complicated to me. He's kind of a bum. 
I hate to be like that. They brought in Keanu Neal. He's going to be playing some linebacker. Jalen Smith is not a bum. Sometimes he can't cover. It always happens to be, you know, on Thanksgiving when everybody's watching football. I'm like, oh, look, Jalen Smith, he fucking sucks. Boom. Well, not, not to mention, you know, they drafted Jabril Cox from LSU, too. So um, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I see. Leighton Vanderush is dead. So if yeah. you have him on your team, you're a putz and you need to get rid of him ASAP. And, and if, 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 yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the whole, no. that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So actually let's, let's just keep talking a little bit about Layton because uh, on our notes, you put LVE, which I see now stands for vendors. I thought you meant Las Vegas. Um, so <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about their court, but, um, and you're totally right. You know, th- this guy, um, the Cowboys did talk about, they already, they already told them that they're not going to pick up his fifth year option too. Um, and so they have mentioned that they'd talk about extending him, but it doesn't matter. The, the, the position's not there for him. The starting role isn't. You know, they've moved on. You know, they gave that big contract out, um, and then they, they went with the two rookies this year. And, and so if this guy goes somewhere else, he's still – I don't see him being uh, heavily sought out after. But, you know, his high, his one good year was amazing. I mean, that rookie season, they put up 170-plus tackles and, and broke the, the franchise record for the Cowboys in 2018. Yeah. But since then, he's been – not just inconsistent. He's just not been good. Um, he, every game you watch, if you watch the Cowboys, it's like they love to just highlight this guy. You know, he's the highlighted player of that game, and they're talking, they're hyping him up like he's Troy Polamalu. <laughs> and as the game goes, it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, oh he got past Vanders. He's like, well, of course he did. I mean, if you're not even watching football, it's like, yeah, 2018 is over, guys. It's time to move on. You know, and the Cowboys are too. And and that's the big thing for for you know in the IDP world is to kind of look at what these teams are doing. And I've kind of, that's what I based a lot of my followers at on tonight is look at what the, the, the teams are doing. And and if the Dallas Cowboys are, are looking to move on from them, why in the world, you know, should you not, it's not, they're not <laughs> going to give up a good player. I mean, it just doesn't really happen in the NFL, especially this guy, you know, he's, he's, you know, considered a pretty good locker room presence. There's no off the field issues that we can see. So it, it's absolutely time to bite the bullet. And you had that one great year out of him. You probably got him off waivers that year too. You know, it was awesome. But that's gone. It's it's over. Um, time to move on and, and see if you can get something out of him. I mean, he's still kind of a a, a heavy name out a there. A name, so you can kind of. He is a name for now. You uh, you wait till week three, week four, and you realize that he's he's getting you know twenty snaps a game. Uh, it's it's too late. You better do it now. Amen. Amen. All right. Who's your last faller? Well, that was. That was uh, oh. that was mine. I, I uh, oh not, uh, nice. Yeah. So we doubled down. Yeah. That's we a did. double. Yeah, that's yeah. double trouble. So you know he's no no good for real. So yeah. all right. Well, that's our risers and followers segment, y'all. I see some people in here in the chat. If y'all have any IDP questions, draft questions, fantasy questions, I mean, we can talk offense, whatever, well, whatever. I got a question for you. Uh, oh so no. In the, in the uh, fantasy rookie drafts that we're doing. What has surprised you the most um, on the IDP side? Obviously, Parsons is going first. You know that's going everywhere. We get well, that, I but... saw I saw Zayvon Collins go first today. He went two hundred one, and I got Parsons at like two six. So that was wow. kind of surprising IDP wise. Um, nobody's I mean like nobody's really taking safeties, but there weren't like really any big name safeties or. You know, I mean, there's a couple of guys taken, but the first guy off the board was the guy that most people never even, I hadn't heard anybody always talk about, Javon Holland. So, you know, you get a couple of guys going, we got a guy going to Jacksonville, a guy going to Atlanta, Richie Grant. But I mean, 
I got him in like the last round of our draft. So it was not like last year where people were taking Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chen, Winfield. Like those guys were going in the third pretty consistently. Um, nobody's really reaching for those IDP defensive backs this year. I've seen a couple of corners go. And then the defensive line is pretty bare. I mean, it's Pay, Rousseau, and then I've seen um, Aziz Ojolari go. I don't think I've seen many oh, that, others. That Colts, yeah, whoever the uh, no, the Colts no, guy. not not the Colts guy, the the, the, the Giants dude. Oh, from yeah. Georgia. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I, I mean, think those... a lot of that is is teams or, or managers just looking at last year. There were so many deep IDP often or offensive hits in the in the rookie drafts. Everyone's trying to recreate that, and um, I don't I don't necessarily think it's there, but you know maybe it is. Yeah, we won't know until you know midway through the season. But yeah, uh, the. The rookie drafts have been, uh, yeah, heavy offense. I've, I've kind of, I've enjoyed it really because most of my rookie picks I traded away, you know. So I'm, yeah, I know you did. Fourth and fifth, sitting there in the fourth and fifth, you know, and I'm getting what I, I believe to be, you know, top, top fifteen, top twenty defensive backs and, and you know, defensive ends right there. You know, that's where I'm trying to build my depth at. All right, we got a question from the YouTube coming in, just coming in hot, you know, throwing hundred mile an hour fastball, Jonathan Renat. Rentira, hopefully I said it, Rentira, says, who are your top 10 IDP rookies to make an impact this year? All right, so our next episode is going to be uh, the IDP rookie ranking show. But I'm looking at my board over here where I got my guys all written down, and I have the guys circled that I think could make an impact year one. So I'm just going to read those off to you. Uh, I'll start with the linebackers, and then we'll go from there. But they're not really in order, but these are the guys I think that could this season make an actual impact. So I've got Micah Parsons. Uh, or, or beef starters like from the beginning of the season. I got Micah Parsons, uh, Jamon Davis from Washington football team. And then I've got uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Koamora. So there's three linebackers I think could immediately make an impact. I have Andre Sisco for Jacksonville, depending on – I think he had some injury stuff, so I don't know if he's going to be starting the week. But if he does, they have an immediate need at the safety position. Um, Javon Holland, Richie Grant. Uh, Trevon Morig, the the all those guys are defensive backs, and then for defensive line, I think Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay, and then Odafe Owa from Baltimore, because Baltimore, I don't, I'm not sure if that's exactly how you say his name, but I know Baltimore has needed pass rusher because Matt Judon's gone, um, you know, and they've gotten rid of Patrick Onosar and they got rid of C.J. Mosley, so I mean they brought in another guy who's kind of a uh, who's going to play edge for them, um, and they need edge rusher help. Yannick's not there. I don't know what's up with Calais Campbell. So, I, you know, they took him in the first round. I could, He's going to get used, in my opinion. So to be used is how you make an impact on the field. So those are the my top ten guys uh, right now. The, I know the order is kind of jacked up there, but those are the top ten guys that I think could, would, should, will make an impact as rookies. So great question, yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan Rinneria coming in with a, a hell of a question right there. We could we could talk for for an hour on that one. Yeah, well, that's why it's going to be its own show later. <laughs> I need to do a little bit more digging, a little bit more uh, sorting out. But that's those guys you. are all in the IDP index. Um, I'll give y'all a little taste. There's a few people hanging out here. Let's give them a taste. Let's see what we got here. I'm gonna uh, sort them I'll out tell you, you need to look into roots. that Caleb Farley. That corner out of Virginia Tech that went to Tennessee, man. He's filling a spot in nothing but IDP gold for defensive backs. I really, I really look forward to seeing that that fruition because gold, he's going say? super late, super late and gold. All right, yeah, nothing better than super late gold. 
So right now, my top uh, IDP rookie is Micah Parsons. He is in my third tier, um, which makes him a starter. I have Jamon Davis as behind him, and then I have Jeremiah Owosu-Kamura. Moa. I got to get you saying that. So those are my top three rookie linebackers, all of them looking at starting roles, all of them looking at teams that produce, you know, well, we don't know that the Washington football team produces high-level linebackers, but we know the Cleveland Browns always produce a high-level linebacker. I wrote an article about that on Dynasty Nerds last year. Go look at that. They have a long history for the past four or five years. And Dallas has a long history, four, five, six years running now, of producing a top 12 linebacker or two. So, and that's true with uh, the Browns too, because for a while, Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert were top 12 guys. So these are young guys going on to teams that have a history of producing guys like this. So that's why they're both in my top three. Um, and then Jamon Davis, disruptive team, uh, you know, oh, around I, him, I, and he's. I think he could be a sneaky play to finish the top rookie at the end of the year going to the Washington football team. I mean, they've got two old linebackers there, you know, and John Bostic and, and uh, Davis and then, you know, Cole Holcomb rotating in. Davis still um, puttering around? He is, yeah. He's still, still there. puttering around. I was probably, but, I mean, he's gonna, I, he just got to take a little coach's office in the corner. No one will even notice. I, I mean, no, and they keep him on the payroll. Yeah. But, I mean, but between Bostic and Davis, there's a, they, they got a pretty high floor for, you know, for their age and, you know, where you can get them. So, I think this guy's going to come in, and I think he could be a sneaky, sneaky play to, to lead the 21 in draft next year. Massacre, dude. Massacre. All right. Any more questions before we get out of here, y'all? IDP Army? No, nothing. Crickets. All right. Well, unless somebody says something before we outro, Joe, why don't you give us a little spiel and then I'll close us out? Yeah. Yeah. You can catch me on Twitter at Fantasy GI Joe um, here on the IDP Army whenever I can and just look forward to pushing out more content, you know, as the season goes because. You know, now we got you know we, we got actually some substance to to what we're what we're projecting, and it's it's the best time of year now. You know, drafts are kicking off. This is the time to 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 catch up on stuff like this and get these rankings and projections before you know before your draft starts, or you'll you'll miss on some good stuff late. Yep, yep. All right, that's all for me, y'all. Jordan, go check out idparmy.com. Sign up for the Patreon. Follow us at the IDP Army on Twitter. We actually just published uh, an article from IDP Bomber. Go follow him. He is going to be doing a series covering the uh, the platforms, the fantasy football platforms, and how they all uh, address or what offerings they have, features they have for IDP. So and then he kind of grades them based on Dynasty, Redraft, how their scoring is customizable, how their positions are customizable. I mean, it's really a thorough, interesting article series to, to be reading, and that just went live on IDPArmy.com, so... Go check that out, and we will be back next time with Ricky Rankin. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock, got a plan. Gotta get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on a fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you switching it up, and you living it up.